Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Mornings with Pastor Adam on the West Coast Bible Teacher Podcast. I hope and pray that all of you are doing fine on this uh, Thursday morning. Tuesday night, of course, I had my Jonah study, and uh, I forgot to turn on the audio recording um, at the beginning of the study, so (laughs) I was only able to record the second portion of the study, uh, 33 minutes in total. Um, But I put the link to our YouTube video of the study in the description, so... Uh, You can click on that if you want to listen to my study in its entirety. I talked about a lot of different things Tuesday night. Um, One thing that I talked about in the first portion of my study was that of how dark our entertainment has gotten over the years. And uh, I touched on this when expounding on the amount of depravity and evil that the uh, Assyrians were immersed in, which included that of Nineveh for Nineveh was an Assyrian city. And while we're not engaged in the same things that the Ninevites were, our entertainment, which we pay money to go see, is certainly looking a lot like Nineveh. You know, the Assyrians, they would skin their captives alive and uh, dismember them in the most horrific ways. And such practices were accepted, if not celebrated, in their culture. That is interesting, in a different way perhaps, but still, graphic violence and barbaric behavior is indeed celebrated in our culture. Every week, we have people who pay money to go see films in the theater where, you know, movies where people are getting dismembered and mutilated up on the big screen, but it's quite disturbing how far we've uh, come because there are some people who actually enjoy seeing blood and gore. You know, are you friends with someone like that? Do you know somebody who, you know, they tell you about how much they love seeing some of these different horror films, because they love seeing that, that, that violence, that blood, that gore. They talk about it, how, oh man, it's awesome, you know. I love that movie. So much gore. It was great, you know. (laughs) Back in the day, I, I was a movie buff. This was at a previous time in my life, a number of years ago. And so because of that, I do uh, know quite a lot about movies and television and uh, popular culture. And I even know quite a lot of uh, what would be considered, I guess, classic movie trivia. And I know that we didn't always have movies that featured such graphic violence. There was once a time when you could let your child go to the movies And you wouldn't have to be worried about what movie he or she saw. In fact, they could spend the entire day at the movies and see all the films that were playing at the theater and you wouldn't even have to worry about whether or not your kid was exposed to anything explicit. (laughs) And they probably wouldn't even have paid a whole lot either a long time ago. (laughs) Spending the whole day at the movies, they they still wouldn't have even paid (laughs) a whole lot of money. (laughs) Things were quite different a long time ago now, weren't they? But explicit material and imagery certainly wasn't allowed at one time in our culture. And such was a reflection of the culture back at that time. There indeed was much more of a reverence and respect for that of Judeo-Christian values. Even people in society who, were, who weren't Christian, even they had a, uh, you know, a respect 
for Judeo-Christian ethics. But in Hollywood, the feature films were a lot different. And on television as well. Back in the 1950s, they didn't even allow for a married couple in a television show to be seen sleeping in the same bed together. The couples in the TV sitcoms, they were they were seen sleeping in separate beds. <laughs> um, and, you know, maybe that was a little bit over the top. <laughs> maybe they didn't have to go that far. <laughs> but either way, it shows that things were just different back at that time. Things were different. Things were better in many ways with what our culture was dishing out onto the public. But Satan is subtle. We read within the very first pages of the Bible that the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. That's speaking of the craftiness of Satan. In Revelation chapter 12, Satan is described as that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. And he does it very subtly. Satan is subtle and crafty, and we see his subtleness very much in how the entertainment industry in Hollywood has has slowly but surely brought in more and more depravity into the films. It started off very slow. In the late 1960s, there was a uh, shift, and you had films come out like Bonnie and Clyde with uh, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. This was considered to be one of the first films that opened up the floodgates for graphic violence to be accepted and embraced in our mainstream entertainment. A number of films followed in the vein of uh, Bonnie and Clyde, and then by the time you got to the uh, early 1970s. 1971 actually was um, a significant year for film. Because there were a number of uh, significant films that came out in 1971 that were very graphic in nature when it came to the violence and the sex that was shown on the screen. Films that came out in 1971, we had Straw Dogs with Dustin Hoffman. We also had Dirty Harry with, uh, you know, with Clint, (laughs) Clint Eastwood. And uh, then also A Clockwork Orange came out in 1971. That's another very famous film. The French Connection also came out in 1971. And these films just continued this trend within the mainstream to bring in that of graphic violence and graphic imagery into our Hollywood films. And it just continued to get worse and worse. The more something is accepted the more will be accepted. (laughs) You start to allow just a little bit of graphic imagery into the feature films, and people accept it, and then that just leaves room for you to throw in more and more and more. And look where we are now in our culture. The horror movies that came out in the 1980s, you know, um, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and a number of others. (laughs) Yeah, they were pretty bad, those movies. 
but it's interesting, they're actually quite tame in comparison to what we got now, <laughs> or what has been brought forth within Hollywood and uh, in the 21st century. In the 21st century, I've seen many graphic films in my day, because again, a number of years ago, I wasn't really walking with the Lord closely. I did watch a lot of R-rated movies. I've seen the Saw films. I've seen Hostel. I've seen a number of horror films. Now, it's interesting, I never really got into them, though. I didn't enjoy seeing gore. I had friends of mine who really enjoyed seeing lots of blood and violence and, and graphic imagery and all. And that's the scary thing. When you start to develop an enjoyment of seeing people get mutilated and murdered in disturbing ways. But people who get into these horror movies, that's the point. They enjoy seeing blood and gore. I remember hanging out with young people who would say things like, oh yeah, you know, that movie's awesome, there's so much gore, and people getting ripped apart, and it's great, and all. And <laughs> but a lot of young people who develop a fascination with extreme blood and gore, they eventually discover that the mainstream horror movies that are coming out of Hollywood, those aren't enough. And you have a lot of young people who then venture online and they seek to expose themselves to things that are even more extreme and graphic than that of the regular horror movies in the theaters. There is what is considered underground horror, a subclass of horror movies that are so violent and disturbing and extreme to where they're not marketed and released on the big screen. I wouldn't recommend you do any research on this, by the way. <laughs> Again, a long time ago, I knew people who were into these things. So I know quite a lot about um, a lot of things I wish I didn't know about. <laughs> but God, I know, is now using my knowledge for good. But there is this whole community of people who are involved in this underground horror genre. And these films are like pseudo-snuff films. People getting dismembered and mutilated, and some of these films I've heard look quite real. To where authorities have even mistaken some of these films for actual films where real people are murdered. There was an interesting incident that occurred back in 2005 when uh, this underground horror director named Fred Vogel he was uh, actually detained at an airport in Canada, I believe, when he was traveling to Toronto. I know about this. It's interesting. Uh, Fred Vogel, I, I've, I, I didn't know him personally, but he uh, uh, grew up in Warren Township in New Jersey, and uh, that's actually quite close to where my family and I lived uh, back in the day when we were in South Jersey, um, you know, back when I was the East Coast Bible teacher. <laughs> But as the story goes, Fred Vogel was traveling, I believe, to a horror film festival in Toronto. And when they were checking him at the airport, they seized some of the films that he made that he had with him. And they reviewed the films, and his films were so graphic that they held him for 10 hours, I believe, in the airport. And I think they were about to charge him with uh, transporting obscene materials into Canada. Now, another incident happened in the 1990s. 
this is a known incident too. Um, actor Charlie Sheen. <laughs> he obtained a copy of one of these extreme horror films. Um, one in which uh, it involved a person, you know, the, 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 the movie portrayed or depicted um, a person getting dismembered while being tied to a bed. And as the story goes, Charlie Sheen was watching the film with a group of buddies. And they were so disturbed to where Charlie Sheen thought it was a real film that he just watched. A real, a real film that depicted a real murder of, some, of someone. And so he reported it to the FBI. And they did this whole investigation. And the makers of the film, it was a Japanese film, uh, they had to come in and demonstrate to officials that it was indeed fake. It wasn't real. But this whole genre of extreme horror, these underground horror films, right? That's what they're classified as. It's a real thing. And lots of young people have become interested in it. It's very easy to access this stuff online. And you have teenagers and kids even younger than that, you know, adolescents, who are going online, you know, when they're in their bedrooms after their parents have gone to bed, you know. <laughs> and they're watching these incredibly disturbing and graphic films. And many of these films in the underground horror genre are littered with occult and satanic themes. And yet these things are allowed. These films, as gruesome as they are, they're considered legal. There's no pushback against it. And our kids are being exposed to it. And you have teenagers that are excited. They get excited when they see graphic violence. And they become obsessed with going online and looking up these films and videos and... and seeing if they can find a more and more sadistic film to watch. And these are young people in our suburban neighborhoods. You know, these are regular kids. They're not necessarily, you know, gothic or, you know, weird kids per se. But young people, because of this invention of the internet, they're being exposed to the most horrific things imaginable. And they're even being enticed. And they've become enamored with the most revolting images that you can think of. These things do exist. But the majority of people just turn their heads and, you know, oh, well, you know, life, life goes on, business as usual. We see what the culture is doing. But most people respond to it as, well, you know, well, business as usual. The majority of people in the world today don't seem to be concerned with any of this. Ask a person, does it bother you that teenagers all around the country are accessing online these 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 disturbing films, these graphic videos and all the and, and they're getting enjoyment out of it? And people respond, oh, well, you know, I mean, it's not legal. You know, all of us has, have things we enjoy, you know. It's, <laughs> maybe it's like a form of art, and, you know. It's quite amazing how people in society don't want to face or acknowledge wickedness and immorality. 
Non-believers often do not want to label things immoral or wicked. They don't want to face the fact that things are wrong in our culture and society. Because if you start to open up room within your mindset to where you start facing the fact that there are things that are immoral and inherently wrong, what happens is eventually you're going to have to face your immorality and your sin. This is why many don't want to accept the concept of sin or even that of morality and moral absolutes. Because if you start doing that, then eventually you have to face your own heart condition. And thus people rather turn a blind eye and adopt the framework of moral relativism. There are no absolutes. You know, well, hey, if there are some young people who enjoy watching these, you know, pseudo-snuff movies, you know, well, hey, you know, who, who's to say there's anything wrong with that? You know, so it's, <laughs> I mean, they're not hurting anyone. Now, that's a popular one, by the way. People who take that position, well, as long as you're not hurting anyone directly, it's okay, right? No matter what it might be. Right, but Jesus came and actually preached quite against that mindset. He brought it down to the heart level. What's within your heart? That's what the Lord is paying attention to. If a married man looks upon a woman other than his wife with lust, it doesn't necessarily matter that he hasn't actually had an affair. What matters is that he's desiring to engage in such an illicit relationship. His heart is no longer solely upon his wife. But none of this matters to the majority of people. They don't have a care in the world. And thus Jesus did say, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be, when the Son of Man returns to earth. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Now, we read of the days of Noah in Genesis 6, and of the generation that lived in Noah's day, and the text tells us that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart at that time was only evil continually. But no one had a care in the world, right? It was normal. It was accepted. Engaging in depravity, that was simply the normal way of life. There wasn't anything people thought of it. People didn't think twice about the depravity they were engaging in. We're certainly living in similar times where almost every abominable evil is not condemned, but rather celebrated in, in the culture. In fact, even that of the abuse of children is starting to actually get defended by certain figures in society. Pedophilia is now being actually branded by some within the academic realm as more of a disorder 
and not necessarily one's individual choice. We've come so far in society with our acceptance and even celebration of depravity, and it only seems to be getting worse. And the scriptures indicate to us that it is going to get worse. But as people are going on in life, as in you know, business as usual, not a care in the world, not even paying attention to God or considering God, that's when all of a sudden, judgment will come. Again, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man returns. Jesus is speaking about that overall period, including the events that will happen right before the second coming, that of judgment. People are going about their life like nothing's wrong with the world or the current direction of society. But things then are going to happen to where people are going to be forced to accept that there is a God up in heaven. Zephaniah 1, 14 through 18. Near is the great day of the Lord. Near and coming very quickly. Listen, the day of the Lord. In it the warrior cries out bitterly. A day of wrath is that day, a day of trouble and distress, a day of destruction and desolation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and battle cry, against the fortified cities and against the high corner towers. You see, things right now might seem to be business as usual. The world is accepting all this depravity and the celebration of it. People are carrying on as if everything's fine, not a care in the world. No acknowledgement or concern for God and his statutes. But one day judgment will come. It will come very quickly upon the inhabitants of the earth. Again, they're not expecting it. They're going about as if everything is just normal and fine and business as usual. But then judgment will overtake them. And many will cry out and repent. But then many, of course, will reject the Lord and harden their hearts even more firmly against Him when He unleashes His wrath upon the earth. Now, just because things are going to be getting worse and worse, as the scriptures indicate to us, before the second coming, that doesn't mean that we just give up. God is still using us to be salt and light on this earth. And since judgment is coming, since the Lord is coming for the wicked, we need to do our part to be a witness as much as we can, to reach out to people, to tell them about the Lord, to share the gospel with them, so that as many people as we can get <laughs> can truly change their hearts and turn to God. Because we don't want people to experience that judgment. We want people rather to repent and turn to the Lord so that he can accept them with open arms and bring them into his kingdom, which lasts for eternity.
And so again, as always, let this be an encouragement to you this morning. And I hope and pray that all of you have a good Friday tomorrow and a wonderful weekend. So this has been Mornings with Pastor Adam, everyone. God bless you. And I will talk to all of you on Monday morning. Thank you.